you have your Westover app, I invite you to open it to follow along with us. Or if you'd like to go to Genesis chapter number 8, we're going to be reading from there. And I'm going to begin a two-part message, part one this weekend, part two next weekend. And I've entitled it, Changing Seasons. Some of us, were in a seasonal change right now. There's something going on in your life, and you, you feel like your life has not caught up to your prayers. God, I'm praying this, but I'm living here. And there's a gap between your reality and what you're praying for. Could it be you're in a season? When I was a little boy, I remember trying to learn how to tell time, and I would I would tell time the big hand is on the 12 and the little hand is on the 3. That's how probably many of us learn to tell time. Have you ever showed up at the wrong time to something? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've noticed in the, in the springtime when we, when we spring forward with our clocks, hardly anybody will ever show up to church an hour early. But in the fall, lots of people come and say, oh, pastor, I got here just in time for the amen. Forgot about the clock setting back. That shows something about human nature, doesn't it? Yes, to be at the wrong time. But it's different to be in the wrong season. Hmm. This became evident to me, and I brought this globe here to, to just illustrate. The first time I went to South Africa, the first time I went to South Africa, and I knew I was in a different time zone. But what I didn't recognize, I was in a different season. So here is the globe, and right here is, right there is San Antonio. I'll, I'll put my finger on your head. You feel it right there? So I got my finger on your head right now. And we, we took a flight, 17-hour flight. We flew down across the equator all the way down to South Africa. So I went from here to here. Went from northern hemisphere to southern hemisphere. Now, I packed, but I was packing for the season I was in, and I just zoned out. We were going across to the southern hemisphere. I had never been in the southern hemisphere, my first trip to South Africa. And what I realized, not only was that I had a different time, I was in a different season. I want to suggest to us that some of us right now you're in a different season. We have vacation season. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about holiday season. You're in a different season of life. I'm not talking about the weather patterns of dry, cold, wet, heat, or whatever, but a different season, maybe in your marriage. There's a, a season of honeymoon, and then there's a season of busy raising kids and you're a taxi service, and then you go to a season of empty nest. But sometimes even in a marriage, there can be a season of conflict, a season of distance. Do you know there's seasons in life? Yes, you're, you're in a different season of life now. Some of you are thinking about downsizing or doing things different or cutting back in work responsibility. Why? Your season has changed. In Genesis chapter number one, don't turn there, just I'm, I'm gonna set, I'm gonna set a foundation for a moment. Just track with me. In Genesis 1, day four, God establishes seasons. God established the seasons in the world. Now, 
the verses we're going to read from in Genesis chapter 8 is after the flood. And what you need to know is after the flood, God changed the seasons. God ordered climate change. God ordered a different changing of the seasons. And I'm going to unpack that in a moment. But to understand it, let me just deposit this verse in our heart. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 46, there is one of God's principles. One of God's principles that are deposited there. And the Bible says that the spiritual did not come first, but the natural. And after the natural comes the spiritual. Many of us read by that verse and we don't really understand it and don't grasp it. But here's what God is saying. That everything God does in our life and the spiritual, God has set a natural example first. First comes the natural and after that, the spiritual. We see this illustrated in the parables of Jesus. Jesus would take a natural illustration in order to give a spiritual truth. And one of God's ways one in God's economy and how he works in our life, God will first take the natural. And from the natural, then God will then bring the spiritual. We're going to look in Scripture the changing of the seasons. And I want to suggest it's more than just an ecosystem change or a weather pattern. God put it in Scripture because God says the natural illustrates a spiritual. In fact, I'm going to suggest to us there are, there are four spiritual realities in the verses we're going to read. I'm going to talk about one today and three next weekend as God changes seasons. In Genesis chapter number 8, if you'll join me, we're going to be reading at verse number 20. And if you don't mind, I'm just going to pause and reflect on a few things as we read the verse. Verse number 20. Remember, this is after the flood. Noah, his family, the animals have come out of the ark. And it says in verse number 20, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, taking some of the clean animals and clean birds, and he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. Before we read further, I have a rhetorical question to ask us. Noah built an altar and offered burnt sacrifice on it. Where did he get the wood for the altar and the burnt sacrifice? Hmm, you're already tracking with me. He used the wood from the ark. He took the wood from the ark and he used it to build an altar and to give a burnt sacrifice unto the Lord. Here's the truth. The ark of yesterday will become the altar of today. The ark of yesterday becomes the altar of today. The thing that you labored for in one season, you struggled with, you invested in, you believed in, you poured your energies, your dreams in, you poured your heart in. There's a moment God says, let go of it because there's a new season I'm bringing you into. You need to understand that the thing some of us are holding on to yesterday's promise some of us are holding on to yesterday's dream. It was the right thing in that season. 
But God says, I'm going to use your experience, your energy. I'm going to use what you went through, even your struggle, the building of the ark. And the ark will become tomorrow's altar. God uses the stumbling stones of the past to be the stepping stones in a new season. Go with me. Verse number 21. I'm not, we're not to our text yet, okay? And then the Lord, verse 21, smelled a pleasing aroma. I'll come back to that word. And said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. Never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. There's something in verse number 21 I want you to see. Scholars call it an acoustical connection. It says that the Lord smelled a pleasing aroma. Huh. An aroma from the sacrifice. The Hebrew word for aroma is nua. Acoustical connection. Noah had a nua. God actually rhymed. God actually had a rhyme. Noah had a nua. Noah had a nua. When you go from church today and your friends say, what did you, what did you learn? You tell them, I learned that Noah had a nua. Okay, you can tell them that. And I'm, I, I'm wondering, I'm wondering about that. Does, does God have something? Jim, I have a win for you. How about that? Yeah. Uh, Jerry, it's going to get Mary. Yeah. Liz, it's going to be a whiz. Jose, you're on your way. Denise. Denise. You married into increase. There it is. Okay, hallelujah. We got it, okay? <laughs> Are you tracking with me? Could it be, could it be that God has assigned you a personal season? Noah, you have a new one. Could it be in your life right now? It's not arbitrary. It's not circumstances. You're not just going along with the tide. That God has assigned you a personalized, signature, seasoned blessing in your life today. That you're not lost in the debris and you're not lost in the files of life. That God has a personal agenda for you today. Noah, you have a new one. Oh, I like that. Now you ready to get to our text? Verse number 22. Verse number 22. Now to understand verse number 22, I need you to see how it's written. Not only what God says is inspired, but the way God structured it. Verse 22, if you look in your print Bible, if you look on your app, in fact, I asked them put, to put it on the on the the screen exactly how it appears in the Bible. Verse number 22, have you ever noticed it's indented? It has a, a poetic structure to it. Have you ever noticed that in verse number 22? The other verses are not. But verse number 22 has what they call a metrical format. It's indented. It's not just one line, one line, one long sentence. But it's structured intentionally. Not only, not only is what God's saying, how God is saying it, 
is emphasizing it to us. You put things in a metrical format in order to bring emphasis to it. So let's read verse number 22. And there are four spiritual realities in this verse. As long as the earth endures, number one, there will be seed time and harvest. I'm going to talk about that today. Number two, cold and heat. Number three, summer and winter. Number four, day and night will never cease. Now God says first comes the natural and then comes the spiritual. And I have established four seasonal realities in the natural that speak to us in the spiritual. And the first one is seed time and harvest. And one of the things we learn about seasons is, is you don't select your season, you must detect your season. You don't select your season, you detect your season. The moment I got off the plane, when I, when I flew from San Antonio to South Africa, the moment I get off, got off the plane, I detected I was in a new season. Many of us, we're discouraged right now. We're, we're confused, a little confounded. God, what are you doing? I, I want it to be this way. This is my prayer, and we're praying this, but our reality is something else. You don't select your season. You must detect your season. And in that phrase, seed time and harvest, God introduces to us one of his laws, the law of sowing and reaping. It's still applicable today. As long as the earth remains, we understand it. It still works today. Guess what? If you want to have something in the, in the harvest time, you got to plant the seed and, at the seed time. You have to put the seed in the ground at the right time in order to have a harvest at another time. And that has never changed. It's true of the natural, and it's also true of the spiritual. And of that, I'd like to unpack in the law of sowing and reaping, there are two requirements. Two requirements, I suggest, spiritual requirements that apply to us. And the first one is, there must be hopeful expectation. Hopeful expectation. You plant the seed in, hoping and expectation that it's going to bring a crop. You put in uh, you, you, you plant your vegetables, your garden, in the hopeful expectation, guess what? I'll have squash, I'll have watermelons, or I'll have this later on. The hopeful expectation. I'm going to sow and get my degree. I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to, I'm going to make the right financial decisions. So later on, I can reap a benefit. I can reap blessing in my life later on. It has never changed. And in order to walk through this time of seed time and harvest, the law of sowing and reaping, there must be hopeful expectation. Proverbs says, 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And some of us, that's where we're at. Your hopes, you say it'll never happen. You've said that to the Lord in your prayer. You've said that to yourself. You've said that to a friend. I guess it will never work out. God will never answer the prayer. And guess what? Your heart is sick today. You're just, you feel down. But notice what Proverbs says. But a longing fulfilled 
is a tree of life. Seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. Had a man in the church here a few months ago, a couple months ago. He said, Pastor, now I'm, I, I've already planted my tomato plant. I got it in there in the house, and it's growing up. It's sprouting up. He says, now as it's getting warmer, I take it outside. But if a cold weather comes in, a storm comes in, it's going to dip a little bit. I bring my tomato plant in. And he said, he, he's working. He said, I'm hoping. I thought it was just, I'm hoping that I'm going to have good, juicy, wonderful, succulent tomatoes this year. That's what I'm hoping for. How many of you like, like, like me? You like vine-ripened tomatoes. Isn't that wonderful? It just doesn't get any better on a bacon sandwich than have a vine-ripened tomato. I told him, I said, okay, okay, Bill, you have to tithe off of those tomatoes. Every tenth one you put in a bag and say, that's pastor. And you, be, you better bring me my vine-ripened tomato or all other nine of them are going to go bad and get worms. I want my vine-ripened tomato. Seed time and harvest. Hopeful expectation. Every one of us, every one of us, God is saying, if you're not in harvest, harvest represents blessing. I mean, if you go, when, when the trees, the apple trees are blooming, cherry trees are blooming, when it's, it, harvest is plenty. Harvest is when, when you have more coming in than you know what to do with. I mean, more business coming in. God's good. The promotion is good. Uh, things are good at home. Things are good at work. Your kids are on honor roll. I mean, things, the bills are paid. Everything is going good. That is harvest time. But if you're not in a harvest time, you are in a seed time. And seed time often looks cold and barren. Seed time doesn't look like a time of celebration. There's not color everywhere in seed time. There no, there's no aroma of flowers. There's no blossoms in seed time. But in seed time, what do you do? You keep planting and you keep planting. And sometimes it's just being faithful. It's just going to work every day. It's making the house payment every day. It's showing up every day. It's doing the homework assignment. It's following through. It's just saying, God, I love you. God, I'm going to do it. God, I'm going to follow through. I'm going to keep the kids in church. I'm going to keep my, my, my marriage focused. I'm going to keep my heart focused. You're just planning. You're planning. It's seed time. And you put yourself in the moment of seed time because you're expecting a harvest. Do you know that words are the seeds of feelings? That's right. Words are the seeds for the fruit, which is feelings. If you want to feel a certain way, I want, I want, I want my spouse to feel this towards me. Then your words are your seeds. If you talk harsh and mean, scolding, abrupt. You're not going to grow the blossom of romance. You're going to grow the thorns of conflict because words are the seeds of feelings. Gratitude is the seed of more. You're wanting God to bless you? You're wanting God to enlarge you? You wanting God to give you more? Then be, gra then be gracious and, and, and generous and, and thankful for what you have. But if we're complaining about what we have, God says, then I can't trust you with more. Gratitude is the seed for more. Wisdom is the seed for success. Every business person knows it. 
The more wise and prudent you are, the fruit of that, the harvest of that is success. Kindness is the seed of affection. Honesty is the seed of trust. Every parent knows that. Every parent would, would rather have their kids tell them the truth, even if it's not what they want to hear. But to hear the truth is better than to hear something that's not the truth because honesty is the seed of truth. In Hebrews 11, there's a whole list of people in what we call the faith chapter. And the Bible says that, that, that Abraham and, and Abel and Noah and Moses and these patriarchs, they, kept, they, were, they were living by faith. They could not see. They were embracing. They were, they were continuing. They were believing. There was, this, there was this sense of expectation, a hopeful expectation. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God, but I'm not there yet. And the Bible says that their seed of faith turned into a harvest of promise. And that's true for every one of us. Some of us were at that point that we're discouraged and you're not doing anything. You're just sitting, by the way. It's, it's tough. I prayed and God didn't bring it to pass. If you're not in harvest, you are in seed time. And in order to succeed, you just have to have that hopeful expectation. And number two, you have to have steadfast endurance. Steadfast endurance. The scripture tells us in Galatians 6 and 9, let us not be weary in doing good. You know, you can get weary in doing good. That's right. Isn't it sometimes, aren't you tired of sometimes just doing good? Doing the right thing? Yeah. Sometimes, don't you just want to kick the dog? I mean, come on. You just, you have one of those days, you just say, I'm tired of doing good. You just want to, you want to cut somebody off on the freeway. Just, there, I zinged them. I just, I'm settling the score. It's tough. It's difficult to sometimes just continue in the, the good thing. Yeah. Yeah. You can come in and there be high praise in the church and go out and have road rage in the church parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever wanted to quit a job that you prayed God would give you? <laughs> yeah. You can get weary in well-doing. Somebody asked me, Pastor, what does it take to have a long, satisfying, happy marriage? Is it going on cruises? Is it diamonds? Is it perfume? I'll tell you the secret. It's endurance. It's endurance. Steadfast endurance. Winners are not the people who have never failed, but they're the people who have never quit. And here's what Scripture says. Let us not be weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. And here's what I'm wanting to tell you God's about to bring you into a new season and if God's got to move your world to do it he'll do it if God needs to move your world he'll do it God can bring you into a new season and if God has to tilt the axis of your world God will do it God's promised you God's spoken it to you don't give up because your new season is coming 
Amen. Somebody has said, somebody has said, two frogs fell into a deep cream bowl. One was an optimistic soul. The other took the gloomy view. We're bound to die. What can we do? So with a last despairing cry, he flung up his legs and said, goodbye. The other frog said with a merry grin, I can't get out, but I won't give in. He said, bravely I'll swim until my strength is spent, and then will I die the more content. Bravely he swam till it would seem his struggles began to churn the cream. At last on top of the butter he stopped, and out of the bowl he gaily hopped. What is the moral? Tis easily found. If you can't hop out, keep swimming around. There it is. <laughs> Don't give up. Don't give up. There has to be that steadfast endurance. Steadfast endurance. God says there's going to be seed time and harvest. Noah, don't give up on seed time. Don't, don't walk out on your seed time. Don't walk out on that moment. And I bring it down to this. Don't quit on God because God won't quit on you. God didn't quit on you. Don't give up on God. Don't get discouraged. Don't get melancholy. Don't, don't get beat down about it. It may not be what you're hoping right now. And if you're not in harvest, then you are in seed time. And just stay faithful. Keep planting the seed. Just keep obeying God. Just do what he's assigned you. Because harvest is coming. Harvest is on its way. Your season is changing. So across the auditorium, no one moving. I'm going to ask you a balcony and main floor to just bow your heads for a moment. And we're going to go into a prayer moment. Holy Spirit, you're in control of this moment. You know who's in the room. And you know, you know who needed to be here today. And I believe you're speaking to people in hearts, Holy Spirit. Yes, Holy Spirit. You're in this room and you never made a commitment to Jesus. You believe in Jesus, but you've never really made a whole heart commitment to Jesus as your Savior. I'm going to invite you to do so today. For you see, life only works if Jesus is at the center. Life only makes sense when Jesus is at the center. And I'm going to give you the invitation today. If you've never made a heart commitment to Jesus, a full surrender to the Lord. The Bible calls it salvation. We call it making new here. You can do that today. And if that's you, I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand. No one's looking at you. No one's signaling you out. But across this auditorium, if you need to make a heart commitment to Jesus, yes, sir. God bless you. Somebody else heart commitment to Jesus yes yes sir in the back God bless you bless you ma'am yes yes God bless you bless you over here thank you somebody else yes yes in the balcony thank you life only works when Jesus is our Lord and for those I'm going to ask the congregation to just be very patient with me right now this is God's business 
you need to make a heart commitment to Jesus, it begins with you saying, Lord, come into my heart. You see, it's personal. I can't do it for you. It's personal. And God's made it as clear as ABC. A, you acknowledge your need of God. B, you believe that Jesus is God's one and only son. And C, you confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior. If you do that, if you do that, you come into God's family. And right now, I'm just going to pray with you. And I'm going to lead you into prayer. And it's your heart and it's your it's your heart opening up to God, and God's going to honor that. God's going to hear your prayer right now. Father, there are people connecting right now in this moment, and they're saying they need you. They believe that Jesus Christ is God's one and only Son, and they receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior right now. And they're saying in their heart and faith, God, come into my life. They're saying from their heart right now, God, forgive me. They're saying in their heart, God, help me. They, they, don't have to, they don't have to correct everything. What they need to do is just give you control of their life. And they become that new person in Christ Jesus. Jesus makes us new. Religion doesn't. Jesus does. And I pray over them. And I speak that over them, that they can become that new person in Christ Jesus at this moment in the name of the Lord. As we're praying, as we're praying, let's continue. Question two. Are some of us in a season of seed time and we've wondered where God are you? God, I don't see the answer to my prayer. I don't see myself fruitful like I wanted to be. I don't see things advancing, and perhaps you, you're, you're weary in well-doing. Perhaps you're a little dismayed. God, I thought it was going to be different right now, and it's, it's not. And you're, you're confused, and you second-guessed yourself or God. And the Holy Spirit has just reminded you today, you're in seed time. God hasn't abandoned you. You're in seed time. You're planning for your harvest. But you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm, I'm in that moment, and I didn't realize it, but I'm in a seed time, and I've been a little discouraged and dismayed. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes. Somebody else. Yes. All over this auditorium. All over this auditorium. God knew you were going to be here. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit knew you were going to come in, and the Holy Spirit has put a word in your spirit. And I felt led of the Lord to just tell you today, your season's about to change. God spoke to you in the past to promise, don't doubt in the dark what God told you in the light. If you're in seed time, you hold on to the promise. Heavenly Father, for those that have raised their hand across this auditorium, Holy Spirit, you can do the best work because you can apply God's truth in such a personal and in such a significant way. Lift the spirit of despair and dismay. Lift, God, the condemnation.
Lift, God, the confusion and give your people the assurance their season is about to change. They have been in a long time where they have not seen any fruit. They have not seen any blessing. God, encourage them. They're in seed time, but harvest is on its way for them. And I bless them. Holy Spirit, encourage their faith. Encourage their heart to be steadfast, to be steadfast in endurance, to be steadfast in in a hopeful expectation. Harvest is coming for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. You're in a new season. Amen. God's changing it. Thank you for being with us today. God bless you.